0: Welcome, folks, to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it is the Weekend Review for April 11th, 2020. But before I get into this Weekend Review, where I run down and give you my take on Raw, well each thing from Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite, I'd like to go over a bit of news. News. It was circulated on social media and on WWE.com that the WWE and the Revival have agreed on terms of their release. Well, on their immediate release from the WWE. And what this really means is the Revival, they can go anywhere. And this excites me because this is... There's a tweet from back in, I think, 2018... Where it was the Bucks and uh, the revival kind of exchanging words and talking about having having a possible match with them in the future, and it would be fantastic and such. And now this is a possibility, cause the likelihood, the like the likely thing to happen is that Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson are going to AEW. That's the likely, that's what's likely to happen. But I don't mind. I don't care where they go, honestly, because I know they'll be better utilized elsewhere because they're way too good of a tag team. They're a throwback to the old school and we don't see that these days. We don't really see that these days. We don't see an old school tag team like The Revival in, in Modern Wrestling. And I just thought about the possibilities. In AEW, imagine this. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. They changed their names, I'm pretty sure. I, I looked at them briefly. I think I looked at them for a brief moment, and I don't remember what they are at the moment. But uh, imagine them being managed by Arn Anderson. That's kind of what they they based their style off of. The Horsemen, Tolly Blanchard, and Arn Anderson from back in the day. There was also even an idea... I think Ryan Satin proposed it. It was Jim Cornette. Even that would work. I'm excited to see what they do in the future because they'll be better utilized anywhere else they go. I'm thinking it's AEW. I'm pretty sure it's going to be AEW. But who knows? It could be New Japan. It could be Ring of Honor. I think that's the least likely out of the three. So I think it's going to go AEW, New Japan, or... Ring of Honor, that's Ring of Honor's third place for me on the likely places they'll go. But I'm excited to see where Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder go moving forward. It's going to be interesting to see. But let's get this thing going. Monday Night Raw from the Performance Center. The oh-so-special Raw after WrestleMania, we get a recap of the main event from Night 2 of Mania where Brock Lesnar was defeated by Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre winning his first WWE Championship. After that, we get the we get Asuka versus Liv Morgan to kick us off. And I thought this was a solid match. Liv looked really good here. And Liv has improved quite a bit since she's... Returned from her returned after her split with the riot squad and they repackaged her and stuff her she's lacking character at this point but her in-ring stuff has improved quite a bit i thought she had a solid match here with asuka uh late in the match liv gets stuck in the middle rope goes then oscar goes for the oscar lock liv fights it off for a minute or two and then oscar gets it locked in in the middle of the ring and liv has no choice but to tap I thought this was a solid showing, solid match. Great showing by Liv, like I said already. Uh, Nice way to kick off Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania. Then we get the highlights from Becky and Shayna, the Raw Women's Championship match from night one of WrestleMania. You already know my thoughts on that. I didn't like it, but for more in-depth thoughts... Listen to my WrestleMania 36 review in the archives and you'll know exactly what I thought about this match. But then we get a video from her interview with Charlie. Becky's talking about her one-year run with the title and nothing's she does is an accident. She thinks Shayna underestimated her and what's next? And Shayna, she says she pretty much says Shayna can come get it she knows where to find me then they show Shayna's backstage video and pretty much it's the this is and I quote this is what Shayna said thrill of victory agony of defeat she repeats that twice third time and says "Becky, the agony of my defeat at the end." So she says the thrill of victory and the and Becky the agony of my defeat. Okay? <laughs> We'll see where this goes. Maybe they continue their program, but I just didn't like what happened there. But moving on, we get a rematch. We get the biggest waste of an hour on Monday Night Raw. I don't know about an hour, but it was like 35 minutes or so. Street Profits in a rematch, defending their Raw Tag Team Championships against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. We get that. We pretty much does that. This. this is pretty much what happens. So Zelina gets involved as Ford is on the top rope. She grabs his foot. They call for the bell. It's a DQ. Belair shows up, cuts a promo, and telling Zelina, you can't outrun me because I'm the fastest. And Zelina accepts the challenge, and it's Zelina versus Bianca Belair. And then it, Melee, not a Melee, but a chaos ensues. And then in the Belair-Zelina match, and they call a DQ there. And then we get a six-man tag match after that, when we could have gotten that right off the bat. Because literally what they did at WrestleMania set up this tag match. Literally, Air getting involved, not getting involved, but helping her husband Montez Ford, and then... Angelo Dawkins out at WrestleMania literally set up a six-man tag or a six-person tag for the next night on Raw. We could have gotten to this a lot sooner. Like a lot, lot sooner. So we finally get the six-person tag and Bianca Belair and the Street Profits win after Belair hits the KOD, the kiss of death, on Zelina. And finally, this is over. It overstayed its welcome. And this was literally done for the sake of killing time and filling time. And they could have just done the six-person tag right off the bat. After that, we get Charlie with Bobby from... Well, post-match interview from the WrestleMania the night before. And... Following that, we get Charlie with Bobby Lashley... In a post-match interview from the night before at WrestleMania, and he says he needs, he feels like he needs a new wife. Then Lana comes in and says, "What are we talking about? What did you do to my husband? What are we doing? What are we talking about? And what did you do to my husband? Maybe this is finally we finally the way we get out of this love angle with Lashley and Lana." This has done nothing to help either person. Lashley, this dude's supposed to be a killer. And he's not looking like a killer at all. But hopefully we move on from that sooner rather than later and actually get Lashley in a good feud. Let's hope. After that, we get Alistair Black versus Apollo Crews. And this was a very, very long match. I thought this was pretty dang good. Apollo Cruz and Alistair Black really delivered. Cruz is very good in the ring, very underrated, and Cruz loses via Black Mass, but he looked very, very good in this match, and I thought, Wow, why didn't we? Why don't we see this more often? Why don't we see Apollo Cruz? Actually, getting a long fight, a long match. I don't know. But Aleister Black attacked uh, Paulo Cruz's knee throughout the match, which was some nice psychology being used throughout the match. And I think Cruz is very underutilized and very underrated. And just like these guys coming up next, Cedric Alexander. And Ricochet, they took on Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin, and I thought this was a pretty decent match. Got a, a nice showcase for Cedric and Ricochet, who have potential, who, who have potential to be a very good tag team. They have a high ceiling as a tag team. Hopefully, this is the way they get better utilized on the main roster because it seems like WWE has given up on them. And they just kind of threw him in this tag team as two really athletic dudes. But late in the match, front hand spring in from Cedric. Fireman's carry into the kick, which is a Benadriller that Ricochet uses. And that gets it done for Alexander and Ricochet. It was hard to keep up with. It was high-paced stuff like we have gotten used to from those two in Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. I thought it was a fine match. Nice showcase for them. Hopefully, they'll be getting bigger matches here sometime soon. After that, we get highlights from Seth and KO from two nights ago at WrestleMania. He he wanted a one-on-one match with Rollins since November, and he just was contemplating if it was worth it or not. When he... Finally finished off the match. Finished off Seth Rollins. He got his answer. And he was happy he got his WrestleMania moment. And and maybe... And he says, maybe it's time to be a prize fighter. Or maybe another person deserves a stunner or two. We'll see where they go with KO from here. Hopefully it's back up the card for him. Maybe a world title match sometime in the future, I don't know if it's going to be against Drew McIntyre or not, since it's a face versus face. So they, those matches don't happen very often. You need good heels to. You need good heels as adversaries for Drew McIntyre. You need good heels as adversaries to Drew McIntyre. But we'll see what they do is KO here. Hopefully, move, hopefully it's moving on from Seth Rollins. Hopefully they move on from Seth Rollins and KO cuz we it's been going on since November, so it's been like a 5-month feud with those two. Then we get Seth Rollins versus Denzel Net from NXT Nay, whatever it is. Rollins pretty much dominates the dude, stomps him, gets the win. This is what it needed to be. Rollins needed to be angry. And he looked like he was, and he'll he looks to be on a path of destruction after getting his WrestleMania, after losing at WrestleMania to Kevin Owens. Then we get a Nia Jacks return match versus Diana Perazzo from NXT. It seems like they're feeding these main roster people, NXT people. Not a huge fan of that. I get why they're doing it, but. This is like I feel like it's almost burying NXT people, and this is a squash. I guess this establishes her as a threat to Becky. I've never been a big fan of Nia Jax anyway, but this they, they need Becky needs contenders, and she's one. She's a very credible opponent for. Her. So I guess it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Just not a big Nia Jax person. And then we get our third squash match in a row, and it's Humberto Carrillo versus Brendan Vink from NXT. And then it's a big moonsault from Humberto that gets the win. I guess this was okay. It makes uh, it lets us know that Humberto still exists, but I don't know what this does for storyline purposes. A lot of this rest, a lot of this stuff on last, especially the two matches on Raw. Two matches after the Rollins match? I don't understand why we just fed them NXT people. This this does nothing to establish any storylines. A lot of this show didn't establish any storylines. It was just... There. It was just there, pretty much. There was no rhyme or reason for a whole lot of anything. And... Point in the show, I thought I was like, I thought the Raw was going well for a little bit with the black match, black and Apollo Crews match, but this it fell completely off the rails and they just tried to cram so much crap in a three hour time frame that it was hard to keep track of. After that, we get highlights from Ripley and Charlotte from the night before and Charlotte. It gets interviewed with gets interviewed by Charlie post match doesn't need the congrats it's the man that makes the suit not the suit that makes the man and it's the woman that makes the title and she's now a two time NXT champ we'll see what happens with that i know it's a ratings thing i said that right after the match at wrestlemania when I'm on my wrestlemania review it, it's a it's a literally a ratings thing after that, we get more highlights from the Brock and Drew match from WrestleMania. We get the aftermath of Drew winning the WWE Championship. After that, Big Show pretty much comes out, says it's the biggest man's world, and calls Drew not a gi- he says Drew's not a giant. And Big Show sees fear in Drew's eyes. And Drew doesn't want to fight. This is literally 20 minutes after he won his title at WrestleMania. Big Show slaps him, and then we get a match for the title. And I was going to get furious if Big Show would have won. Which I guess is what they were trying to to accomplish. Drew does win after Big Show misses with the right hand and hits a Claymore. I thought this was okay, but I don't know why, why this was necessary at all. Why don't we just give Drew his moment without any extra stuff? And this was built up as breaking news on Raw. That was not breaking news. Big Show is not breaking news anymore. I, I, I said this. the point of this was to possibly tick us off with a potential title change. I guess that's what they were going for here. And if you say it's breaking news, please... Actually, have breaking news. It's not just, oh, it's a big show match with Drew McIntyre. That's not breaking news, people. But this episode of Raw was not very good, in my opinion. It dragged where for what seemed dragged on for what seemed like forever. I was bored with it about halfway through. After the Apollo Crews and Alistair Black match, this show just. Took a tank. It just tanked. I did not enjoy a lot of this episode of Raw. Definitely not a good Raw after WrestleMania. Then it was AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Jake Roberts cuts a promo called Marco Stun an Idiot on it. And he's pretty much... He's thinking Cody's going to slip on a banana peel and lose tonight against Sean Spears... Then we get Chris Jericho. We get Chris Jericho on commentary. Lance Archer versus a Jobber and in Allen Ingalls. And Archer dominates once again. Wins with the blackout. And he looks like a beast heading into his tournament match coming up here in the next week or so. And this looks like it's setting up to be Cody versus. Lance Archer in the finals for the TNT title. We'll see if that happens because the result of the match later on in this show kind of proved my theory. But we get Jericho on commentary tonight. He was very enjoyable, very fun, called Shivani Skiavone the whole entire time, which I thought was hilarious. We get Hikaru Shida versus Dr. Britt Baker DMT, DMD in a match. And Britt has improved quite a bit in the ring. I've been, I was really impressed with Britt's work in this match. And Britt's nose, by the end of it, is bleeding like a faucet. She looks super tough. Might have, might have even had a broken nose at that point. But Shida wins with a big knee to the face of Britt when she was sitting down. She hits the big knee, pins Britt, gets a win. I thought this was a solid match. I thought this was a bit awkward at times, but Britt looked tough as nails the way she was bleeding. And Sheena, Sheena continues to build momentum as she gets closer to her title match with Nyla Rose. After that, we get Kenny Omega and Nakazawa, and they're talking about becoming the new best friends because they're they're they were a tag team in the past back in I think Japan at uh, DDT, and Kenny says they can't take that name of the best friends, and Nakazawa says you're the EVP, and Kenny says oh yeah I can change that. But then Orange Cassidy leaves the bathroom in a uh, trailer. That was hilarious. And pretty much, this got us to the best friends putting their name on the line against Kenny Omega versus Nakazawa and Nakazawa in a tag team match later on in the night. I thought this was pretty funny. And then after that, we get John Moxley versus Jake Hager. We're getting the build for that, the video hyping that up. I thought it was a pretty well done video. This is like the first part of it. But the match up next was the Best Friends. This was the highest stakes match of the night. The Best Friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Not Trent Beretta, but Trent. With Orange Cassidy versus Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. The winner keeps the Best Friends name. And this was an interesting match, to say the least. There was a lot of comedy spots by Nakazawa Nakazawa involving oil. And it was just a weird match. It was certainly something to see. Had a lot of comedy. But I thought they went a little overboard on it. But when it got away from the comedy stuff, I thought this was actually a fairly decent tag team match. Trent and Chuck win with the strong zero, and they keep the best friend's name, and they continue to build momentum. I think they were at number five in the tag team rankings this week, and hopefully they'll get a tag team title shot here sometime in the next few months because I think they're a very, very good tag team. But I thought this was a fairly decent tag team match. We get another Brody Lee video after that, video vignette after that. And he shows up to this place where the Creepers are, and two of them aren't dressed up, and one of them actually is. And Brody pretty much says this. People perceive would could perceive the two as one of them, as normal people. And Brody's goal is to make every life he touches extraordinary. And he wants them to get their act together and show him that they want it. And the other creeper gets an opportunity. And this is kind of the tyrannical leader thing. The Vince McMahon impersonation by Brody Lee, which he's done a great job with. It's been some interesting TV here over the last few weeks with Brody Lee, and he's been much better utilized here than in WWE, as I've said before. Then we get a Brit interview post match and calls Sheeta the most dirty wrestler she's ever faced. And she's she's thankful that. She's uh she tells Sheeta that she better be thankful she didn't touch her teeth, but if Sheeta did, she could fix them herself because she's a dentist. <laughs> she's been very good as a heel so far. Her heel run has been ten times better than her face run in AEW so far. Britt Baker could be champ sooner rather than later. We'll see what happens. Then we get more of. The hype video for Hager versus Moxley next week. And still pretty good video there to get us hyped up for this match. And then we get Damascus, Matt Hardy. And he makes fun of all of the Inner Circle members and calls Guevara a false god and a fake Latino. And calls proud and powerful, loud and devourable. And he calls big man... Jake Hager, a Jakeenstein, which is pretty much a Fra- Frankenstein, but Jake Hager. And he doesn't want Inner Circle to control AEW. And he's mad that he tried to inf- infiltrate Vanguard 1 and Vanguard 1 brings Matt Hardy actually his own shirt and calls Jericho's shirt a fire. and the Elite will delete And he challenges Jericho to an elite deletion match. This was interesting, and I've said this before and I'll say this again. You either like the Matt Hardy stuff, the Broken Matt stuff, or you don't. But honestly, what you really need to do during this stuff is just shut your mind off for a minute and enjoy it. But Your your mileage will vary with this broken mat stuff. I personally enjoy it. We get a squash match, Lee Johnson versus Brody Lee. Brody Lee gets the win with a spinning discus clothesline. And I thought this was fine, but we can't be doing these squash matches for forever. They're going to have to feed somebody better here soon. But I assume they're probably waiting till things get back to normal so they can properly feud with SCU, which would be nice to see. Dark Order versus SCU. That'd be interesting. But post-match, Lee sets his sights on Marco Stunt, so I guess that's who Brody Lee is going to try to recruit next. After that, we get our main event, Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Versus Sean Spears in a TNT title quarterfinal match. And I honestly thought this was better than their match at All Out. I personally enjoyed this match a lot better than the one at All Out. All Out match was... There was a lot of interference and a lot of shenanigans going on outside the ring during it. It wasn't bad. But this was much better in ring than the match at All Out. And this was the first round match for the TNT title tournament. Cody gets the win here with a different finish than usual. It was a figure four leg lock. Cody, before, prior to that, hit two crossroads on Sean Spears and Sean Spears somehow kicked out. I don't know if I'm a big fan of somebody kicking out of two finishers, but I didn't mind the finish we got. But uh, Cody gets the win with a figure four and Spears actually gets pinned with it wasn't bad but from a technical standpoint it was a lot better than their match from all out and i say this is probably setting up Guevara versus Cody in the semis so we'll have a heel versus a face and that might lead us to Cody versus Lance Archer in the finals for the TNT title that's my prediction because Jake the Snake Keep saying Cody's ducking them, and we'll see where this leads. I thought this was an okay episode of AEW Dynamite. I didn't think it was that great, but it was a serviceable show, fine show, better than Raw. I'll already tell you that, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Cody match, especially Cody versus Spears, and I enjoyed the... I also, yeah... I I also enjoyed the exchange with uh, the best friends and Kenny and Nakazawa in the trailer. I thought that was hilarious, very funny stuff. And still, Britt Baker and Sheeta put on a very solid match on AEW Dynamite. Just I just have a few problems with all these squash matches happening right now. I get they're trying to establish these new guys and Lance Archer and Brody Lee, but you gotta feed them somebody good here soon sooner rather than later, so they don't fall into the WWE trap of booking squash matches every single week for somebody you don't have anything for. Then it was Friday night SmackDown. Braun Strowman starts out the show, cuts a promo after highlights were shown from his match. I think the highlights lasted longer than the actual match, and he took everything Goldberg could dish out and refused to stay down. It was the biggest moment of his career. Shinsuke Nakamura interrupts, and we pretty much get a match Set up for later in the night. It'll be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Braun Strowman. Cesaro jumps him from behind. Braun throws him out. And then Shinsuke kicks him in the head and leaves. And that'll be the main event for Friday Night SmackDown. Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It was okay. I guess it just set up a match for later in the night. Wasn't a big giant fan of it, but... Okay, then we get a Kabuki Warriors versus Bliss Cross Applesauce, a rematch for the women's tag team championships. I thought this match wasn't as good as their match from WrestleMania. I thought it was fine. Bliss Cross wins with a neckbreaker from Nikki. And they retain which was the right move. I'm fine with that. Then we get Otis and Mandy. Actually, we get Elias on his perch. He sings a song about beating Corbin at WrestleMania. He he doesn't get interrupted during this, which was the impressive thing. Then we get a recap of Otis versus Dolph at Mania. Dolph and Sonya, they're having a meltdown ringside, and then Tucker comes out and says he has unfinished business with Dolph. And says, You're still smitten with Otis's kitten, Mandy Rose. And Dolph gets a win via super kick. And it was nice seeing Dolph get his butt kicked. And hopefully, this will actually lead us to finding out who the mystery guy behind releasing the footage was. After that, we get the ending of the tag team title match from WrestleMania two nights before. And Miz and Morrison are out for an episode of The Dirt Sheet, and they have some good news, like John Krasinski has been doing uh, videos called Good News on YouTube, as they retained And it was the first time one man ever retained the tag championships by himself. Miz says he was the first one to ever do it from his couch. And then they show the end of the Boneyard match. And then Miz and Morrison do their song, Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. And then they get interrupted. And it pretty much leads us to a triple threat match for next week. Because Miz isn't cleared this week to compete but he should be cleared next week to compete. So it'll be Big E versus Jey Uso versus The Miz for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships next week on SmackDown. I guess this makes sense. Just a different combo of dudes. That is perfectly fine with me because the latter match really delivered, in my opinion. But I feel like we're getting a lot of repeat matches though. But I thought this segment was fine for what it was. It got us to the triple threat for next week, which should be pretty fun. Then we get Lucha House Party versus a debuting Forgotten Sons. And Forgotten Sons win this match in a squash. And I just have this feeling. I don't. I just have this feeling that the Forgotten Sons are probably going to be forgotten on the main roster. They were kind of forgotten in NXT, it seemed like, because I never really heard about them that often in NXT. I feel like they're going to be forgotten here on the main roster. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just getting that kind of vibe from that. And Bliss and Cross, they're backstage. They're talking about how they're feeling unbeatable right now. And Mella and Dana Brooke... Come up. They want a WrestleMania moment, but they but they didn't have one because they weren't competing at WrestleMania. And they ask Cross and Bliss if they can get a tag title shot, and they accept their challenge. And it'll be next week that that match will happen. Bliss Cross Applesauce versus Carmella and Dana Brooke for the SmackDown Tag Titles on SmackDown. Bayley and Sasha come out to cut a promo, and they bash Paige for trying to ruin Bayley's WrestleMania moment. Bayley defied all the odds and says, I'm the best. I mean, we are the best. And she does that a couple times on this promo where she refers to herself, then she goes to, says, we. This kind of shows Bayley's only thinking about herself. Which will hopefully lead us into the Bailey Sasha feud we have wanted for the last three years or so. And Sasha says, We've got two simple words for you. If anyone thinks they can touch Bailey or touch us, screw you. Tamina shows up, which. Okay. Bailey has no challengers left. I guess we just go with Tamina at this point. And pretty much Bailey says this. If you want to face me for the SmackDown tag... now, no, not SmackDown tag, but the SmackDown Women's Championship, you have to beat the blueprint, Sasha Banks. I bet Sasha's not too happy about this. She didn't look too happy about it. So we'll probably get... Tamina versus Bailey here sometime in the near future because, really, Bailey has no challengers left. I thought this was a fine promo. Not sure about Tamina being, being a contender at this point, but what other options do you really have? We get Sheamus in a squash match versus Cal Bloom. Don't really know what the point of that one was. It was just there to be there. Sheamus wins with a brogue kick. And then we get Shinsuke versus Braun. And Braun wins with a power slam in an okay match. He gets it done. He wins the match. And then we get a special Firefly Funhouse and talks about the history of Bray. Then we get a a short Firefly Funhouse And Bray says, we can't really see you, John Cena. He congratulates Braun. Says he's proud of him. But he's not sure that Braun has learned his lesson. Braun Braun turned his back on Bray back in the day. You turned your back on your family. And Bray says, you have something I want back. And he pretty much says, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. And Braun says, Anytime you want, I'm ready to let you in. And that's the end of the episode of SmackDown. What I'll say about this was, it was okay. Nothing really that great on this show. I thought the Braun-Bray exchange was probably the best thing on the show. There was also a Jeff Hardy... Uh, video of chapter one called The Rise, kind of recapping his career. We'll probably be getting more more of these as SmackDown continues to have no fans for the foreseeable future. But I like that they're trying something different here, which is completely okay with me. But the best thing on this best things on this show were the Braun Bray Exchange and definitely the Bailey promo, Bailey and Sasha promo cuz it's throwing little hints here and there for the future. So without further ado, let's get these rankings done for this week. At number 3 for this week, it's Monday Night Raw. Other than the Bliss match, not the Bliss match, but the Liv Morgan Oscar match and Apollo Crews versus Aleister Black match. there was nothing really that great on the show. Nothing really great. SmackDown at number two for this reason. The promos were better, and we actually set up future storylines on SmackDown. We set up future storylines. We continued the storyline with the three tag teams, the Usos, Miz and Morrison, and The New Day, and we got the Bray Braun set up and we got the We got the Bailey versus Tamina set up with uh Bailey setting up the Tamina versus Sasha Banks match next week. We'll see if that actually happens, but at least they're continuing some kind of story. They they didn't do a whole lot of that on Raw. They pushed storylines a little further on SmackDown. At least they started some new stories on SmackDown, unlike unlike Raw. AEW Dynamite takes number one. It was not a great week for wrestling, in my opinion, but I thought AEW Dynamite still was the best show out of the three. We got some nice stuff. We got the Sean Spears versus Cody match. I thought that was pretty good. And Sheeta versus Britt Baker was a solid match also. And I thought the exchange Between the best friends and Nakazawa and Kenny Omega was absolutely hilarious. And the Matt Hardy stuff was still pretty funny in my opinion. I enjoyed AEW the most out of the three shows. I thought it was the best overall quality show. And I really enjoyed it this week. So number one, AEW Dynamite. Number two, Friday Night Smackdown. And then number three this week is Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Weekend Review. If you want to listen to older Weekend Review episodes and pay-per-view reviews from AEW and WWE, make sure to find them in the archives, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on the iHeartRadio app. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at Sig Daddy Wrestle. But until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.